0: You know, I don't know about you, but kind of on this journey, on this race that we're involved in, there's a lot of distractions in life, aren't there? I mean, I don't know about you, but I I think I realized it most yesterday that they show up while you're driving, right? I mean, have you ever seen someone who was driving down the road with a Whopper in one hand, a Coke in the other, and they're tilting their head back to get that fry that almost fell out of their mouth, right? And we have so many distractions, so many things that, that take our focus off of what we're supposed to be doing. And you know, we get so distracted while driving that they make laws against certain distractions, don't they? You know, you, you can't use your cell phone without a hands-free device. You can't text Probably a good idea since I can't do two things at this. I can't text any time, so. But you know, I really came to this realization while I was driving down the road, and so you know what I did? I I wanted to remember it so I could share it with you tonight. So I reached back into my back seat, I grabbed that scratch piece of paper, brought it out front. I needed a pen. Glove compartment. So I went over to the glove compartment, I grabbed a pen, I wrote it down, I got it, all while keeping my eyes on the road. Do you believe it? No. <laughs> well, <laughs> I won't verify, or, you know, I'll leave that one alone. But uh, we do get so distracted, and, and that's just driving. I mean, think about life. There are so many distractions, so many things that can take your attention. Attention-grabbers, really. So uh, uh, what is the opposite of being distracted? Focused, right? Saying, okay, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to study my schoolwork, right? I got a test tomorrow. I better focus. Well, I guess not tomorrow, but Monday, it's coming, guys, okay? Would it surprise you that that as you look at the people that, that we kind of mark as successful in their industry... The common factor between them was not a family connection. It wasn't money. It wasn't lucky breaks that they got. It wasn't even their intelligence or hard work. It was focus. Maybe another word for that is determination. I'm determined to get something done. Think about that for a second. Michael Jordan, focused, right? Talented, yes, but focused. Steve Jobs, He was focused. Not much of a people person, but he was focused. Tom Cruise, did you know that he struggles with memorizing his lines for a movie? But you know what? He focuses. He says, you know what? I'm going to accomplish this task. He's determined. Mark Zuckerberg, a tad eccentric, but again, focused. And the more that we focus on something, the more successful that that we can become in a certain arena. Whether it's a family or a job or even recreation. I mean, you won't find me trying to climb a mountain with a rope and a couple of, you know, rubber shoes. That's not going to happen. And it seems to be so true in other areas of our life that that focus kind of brings that uh, success. Do you think that it's also true in our spiritual life? Yeah. You know, we're so distracted, and God tonight is calling us to focus. And that's really the purpose behind this entire series, right? This idea of recapturing Lent, this, this idea of focusing or preparing for something. Easter. And there are so many ways that, that we can go about to maintain that focus in our spiritual walk. You know, that idea of training, that idea of, of being in His Word and, and really soaking in what God has to say to us. There are so many different things that we can do, but tonight we're going to talk about uh, one of them, and it's fasting. And I don't know about you, but when I hear the f- word fasting, I don't get really excited. <laughs> if you ask my wife you'll know that I eat everything that's on my plate. I'm very talented. So fasting really is, a, is temporarily giving up something that I want and I could have. It's not an issue. It's not a problem. And it's generally food for a reason, for a purpose, in order to focus my attention on God. So, okay, I told you my immediate reaction. What's your immediate reaction? You know, maybe you'd say, oh, that's something that really good religious people do. You know, the the super Christians. (laughs) Guess what? There aren't any super Christians. Or maybe you think, it's something that we just always do this time of year. Something that my family has done, and I'll continue to do, and that's just a part of my life. Or maybe... Kind of like me, you'd say, why in the world would I want to do that for? What's the point? But biblically, fasting is about recognizing or acknowledging our need for God. It's saying to God, this is an important time, and I'm listening. I'm paying attention. It's about saying, God, you are more important than anything else. And I I, I want to be clear right off the bat we're not talking about uh, giving up a vice or a sin in our lives. You know, we talked about that last week, dealing with some of those things and coming before God and and having that broken attitude and saying, God, it's yours. But fasting is not a trial period to see how it'll go. To say, okay, God, I'm going to give up this sin, see how it goes, if I can manage it, then I'll do it completely, but if not, you know... If you have sin in your life, it needs to be dealt with. But fasting is also not about gaining God's favor. It's not about saying to God, Okay, God, I know you really want something from me, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to fast, and I'm going to do the things that you want me to, and when I get to heaven, I'll have that card in my back pocket. I'll be able to pull it out and say, You know what, Lord? Remember, I fasted. Remember. Fasting is not about gaining God's favor. Because if you are in Jesus Christ, you have the favor of God. Isn't that amazing? If you are in Jesus Christ, you have the favor of God on your life. You don't need to do anything else to gain his favor. He's for you. He's about you. He's cheering you on. But primarily, fasting allows me to have a time of focus on God. And we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at at just the first couple words in in this passage. It it says, Matthew 6, verse 16, Whenever you fast... Now, we've talked a little bit about fasting and what that means, but did you know that the Greek word is literally the negative of to eat. That's interesting to me. I don't know if I thought there'd be something more to it or whatever, but it's just saying this is not uneating, I guess, but. (laughs) (laughs) And you're going to think I'm crazy for saying this. But fasting is a lot like vacation. Vacation. I knew it. I knew it. You guys think I'm crazy. But listen, how many of you already have vacation plans for this summer? Go ahead. Admit it. Raise your hand. (laughs) That's good to know. But why? Why? Why don't you just keep working? Why don't you just keep going to school? Why not? It's fun, right? It's not a requirement that you take a vacation, it's not something that you have to do, but we all have plans or hope to have plans about taking some time away from the routine of life, right? Away from that normal everyday of the way things go. And really, vacation is a time to be renewed. It's a a time to gain some perspective, to refocus on what's really important. And I really do hope that you take some time with your family, with your friends, to refocus, to, to say, you know what? Life is not all about my job. Life is about these guys here, my family. Can you live on vacation? Like your whole life? Okay. Should you live on vacation? No, right? I mean we have responsibilities. We we need to do certain things, but as we uh, come to this point, we need to take that time, don't we? See? It's just like fasting. Fasting isn't intended to be a, a routine action something that we do every once in a while or, or intended to be every day. And really, it, it's not required. But it's a special time that we set aside to gain some perspective, to gain focus in our relationship with God. And why do you think that its primary use, not necessarily the only use, but a primary use in Scripture for fasting is to abstain from food. If you think about it, what else do you do on a daily basis that you have control over, regardless of the activity of the day? I don't know about you, but I really try hard not to miss a meal. It's something that, that I do that's a part of my everyday life. But I usually, well, no, Patty takes the initiative. And usually makes it for us. But it's something that you have to put thought into, right? Something that you consciously do. And it's something that's really an essential for living, isn't it? Listen, you have to eat. (laughs) But unlike breathing, you're not really in control of it. You're going to breathe, right? But you have to take the initiative to eat. So in fasting, you're taking something that's essential and saying, Lord, you are more essential. I need you more than I need this thing. Now, it it could be uh, fully abstaining or, or even abstaining from certain items, but it's not restricted just to food. I mean, take an inventory of your life. Is there something that you do every day and that for a period of time you could replace it with a special time with God. You know, maybe it's dessert. I'm not a big dessert guy. Give me the meat, right? I'm okay with that. But maybe for you, it, it'd be a dessert, or, or fishing, or some other activity, or Facebook. These are things that are ordinarily appropriate, important, and enjoyable, and there's nothing wrong with them. Actually, they're encouraged. It's okay. But these things, or this thing, would go to the back of the line on the priority list for a time in order to make sure that your priority is God and His Word and what He has to say. But remember, again, fasting's purpose is not to get rid of sinful behavior. That's why these things that we're talking about, that maybe we can set aside for a time, is is not something that's wrong, something that's dishonoring to God. It's something that's important and good that we can set a time and uh, set time aside and focus. But I want you to understand that it's it's not a magic uh, potion or a magic formula to your spiritual life. You don't just go, okay, I checked that off my Christian walk list. Now I can move on to something else, and let's just keep going, see if I can get this done. But one of the things that fasting does is, is it allows us to focus on what God has to say. Write down Acts 13, 1 through 3. In this passage, it seems that the, the leaders in the church of Antioch made it a practice to fast. And these were special times of earnestly seeking God, of wholeheartedly focusing on Him for some important purpose or for some reason. And Paul and Barnabas were a part of this group. And it was during one of these times that the Holy Spirit made it clear to the group that God had plans for for Paul and Barnabas in a place other than Antioch, in a place other than where they lived. And so the group realizing that, heard from God, and sent Paul and Barnabas out. They said, you're going to be God's representatives to a place other than here. It was during this focused time, this time of seeking the Lord, that he spoke to them and that they could hear from him. Fasting also uh, can prepare us for a next step. Uh, Write down Matthew chapter 4. Before Jesus began his public ministry, before he, he began with the, the healing and the miracles and and the declaration of why he came to this earth, why he came here, he spent time alone in the wilderness fasting. And he was very aware of where his ministry on earth would lead. The cross. And so he took this, this strategic point in time to focus, to prepare. And maybe you're seeking God's direction for your next step in life. And you know what? Maybe this would be a good opportunity to fast. Fasting can also show sorrow over sin. Write down Jonah 3.5. We actually talked about this, this passage last week. In this the city of Nineveh, they recognized their sin and they repented. But fasting was a part of how they said, I was wrong, I'm yours. Again, it had nothing to do with making them right with God, but it was a re- reflection of their heart's attitude towards sin. They were saying, this is not what I want to have in my life, and I'm going to say, God, I was wrong. And they weren't, again, they weren't fasting from their sin, they were fasting from something that was appropriate and okay. So the simplest way to describe fasting is saying no to me and yes to God. Less of me and my desires and more of God and His desires. It's about giving God priority and hearing from Him. You know, as, as we look at the next couple of verses in Matthew chapter six, we're going to see fasting gone awry. Fasting gone wrong. And what started as a God-centered, focused focus turns to a man-centered pride. Look at uh, verse 16. when you fast do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do for they uh, for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting truly I say to you they have their reward in full that phrase neglect their appearance literally means to distort their faces so here they are in this time of fasting and they're going, ah, oh, oh, my stomach. And somebody says, are, are you okay? Do you need a doctor? Oh, oh, no, no. I'll be fine. I'm just fasting. Right? Their hair is disheveled. Their beard is grown out. Well, anyway... <laughs> They're saying, I'm just dedicating this time to the Lord. And apparently, by the looks of your clean-shaven face and your nice (laughs) comb-over, you're not. You're not dedicating yourself to the Lord. So therefore, I'm in a better place with God than you are. So how do you think that happens? How do we get so off track? Because... I don't know about you, but that could happen to any one of us. We can get that attitude in our mind and it come out in our actions because we are so easily distracted. Let's think about this for a moment. How do you make God the priority in your life? How do you learn how to pursue after him? You know, we we really get to do a lot of that within the context of the church body, don't we? We, we have a, a, a worship, grow, and serve focus, yeah. right? It's not just a slogan or, or a mantra that, that seems to work. <laughs> it's pointing out that involvement in these areas tends to bring about spiritual growth. That's what we want to do together as a body of believers is grow together in Him. They help us as as we continue to make him a priority in our lives, the focus of our lives. But listen, your spiritual growth, although sometimes it happens in connection with others, is not to be dependent on others. It's a personal pursuit. And biblical fasting allows me to continue a personal pursuit of God. Look at verses uh, 17 and 18. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but your father who is in secret, uh, but by your father who is in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Notice the the striking contrast between the outward and the inward. This person, uh, the the first person, gave the appearance of saying yes to God, of saying, I'm focused on you, but doing it in a way that made themselves look good, saying yes to me. You know, really, you should write down Matthew uh, chapter 6, the passage that we're in, but, but take some time later to, to read that entire passage. You'll see that Jesus talks this way about giving. He talks this way about prayer. And he talks this way about fasting. This do it in secret. Do it by yourself. Don't let others know about it. Your Father sees you. He'll take care of the reward. He'll take care of the benefits. Fasting is not for your relationship with others. It's for your relationship with God. And chapter 6, verse uh, 1, really sums it up. It says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Don't do good things so that other people will see you. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. I don't know about you, but I would much rather have the reward of my Father who is in heaven than the temporary praise of those who see me. And you can see the warning in this passage. Don't make this time a, a, a time of public display. Don't draw the eyes of others to you. And to a certain extent, hide it. It's not talking about an outward humility of, oh, I've been sacrificing for the Lord. But in inward humility, and allowing Him to take care of it. Biblical fasting declares that this is a time for me and God. And b- before we move on, though, I want to point this out. Don't let fasting become a routine. Don't make it a, a necessary for a personal pursuit of God. Luke 18, verse 12. You hear the prayer of a religious superstar, the guy who should know what he's talking about. And not only does he declare his religious superiority by saying, I fast this many times, and and I pray this many times, and I don't act like this guy who isn't obeying you, He follows this strict, methodological demand to fast. He has to. But that's not what fasting is about. You see, just like a vacation or a retreat, what makes it special? The fact that it doesn't happen all the time. It's really a focused time at a, sometimes even at a crisis point in your life, to say, God, I'm serious about my relationship with you. If we were on vacation all the time, would it lose its appeal? Wouldn't we be out of balance? And you know, I know sometimes we think, man, I'd love to try that. <laughs> I'd love to see what that feels like to be on vacation all the time. But in reality, you know that's not going to work. We don't want to lose its specialness. We don't want to lose that idea that that it's a special time between me and God. You know, next week we're celebrating the Lord's Supper. And, you know, it it depends on, on the church, but some churches celebrate it every week, some celebrate it every month, others once a quarter. And, you know, our general philosophy at New Hope has been Let's make sure that it's special. You know, if, if we said it was a part of our worship every single week, you'd come and you'd say, oh yeah, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to take the Lord's Supper. We're going to sing some songs, right? So what we try to do is, is keep it special. To make it an event because it's important. Because it's an incredible picture of what Christ has done for us. because when it comes to fasting God's primary concern isn't your actions or the form or just checking off a list it's your heart and it's overflow you know if, if you're going to pray about this process but, but you're really concerned about messing it up about doing it the right way How often? What do I give up? What should I do? How long? Keep this perspective. It's a heart thing. It's something that comes from your heart. And one of the things that is always true of fasting, whether it's for the right reasons or whether you're fasting for the wrong reasons, fasting will expose your heart. And in a positive way, fasting allows me to illustrate my heart's passion for God. The second part of verse 18. And, and your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you openly. There's a real honesty. There's a real, I'm not concerned about this, my peripheral vision. I'm focused, my priority and my goal is to know Christ. And there's this incredible passage in Isaiah, chapter 58. Take some time, I'm serious, look up this passage. Because it's, it's really amazing. Because God's people were doing all the right things. You can see in the beginning of that chapter, in verse 2, that that they prayed every day. They loved reading their Bible. They were living pretty good lives. They liked to go to church. And on top of all that, guess what? They were fasting. We would go, oh, A+, good job. Wow. You really got this thing down, don't you? You know what it means to be a believer. You know what it means to be a follower of God. But they had a problem. And they said to God, God, we're fasting, and you do not see us. You're not paying attention to us. What's going on? We're doing all the right things. And God says, you were giving the appearance of seeking me. You said you were seeking me, yet you treat those that you work with, those around you, with disdain. And really, your heart is for it to be seen as a sacrifice. To be seen as, wow, that guy over there, he is, he's impressive. He's got it down. That's what we just talked about. And one commentator says, I'm of the opinion that the Lord could stop many church services today and say, listen, let's cut this out. Why are you going through this form? You're not getting close to me. You're not pleasing me. When you leave this service, you gossip. You have bitterness in your heart. You're not moral in your conduct. And you are living loose lives. You think that you are pleasing me by your religious form. I want you to know that you're not. That's pretty strong. And God is telling his people through Isaiah... That's not what I want from you. I don't want your form. I don't want your religion. I want your heart. That's what this is all about. And from your heart will flow some of these things. In Isaiah 58, verses 6 and 7, this is kind of a paraphrase. It says, No, the kind of fasting I want calls you to be free, to free those who are wrong. Excuse me. No, the fasting that I want calls you to free those who are wrongly imprisoned and to stop oppressing those who work for you. Treat them fairly and give them what they earn. I want you to share food with the hungry and to welcome poor wanderers in your homes. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Have you ever done that last one before? <laughs> You know, fasting may be a personal pursuit, but it will have real-life implications in the lives of others. They're not going to say, oh, look look what he does for God. They're going to say, I can't believe he did that. I can't believe he treated me that way. That's God right there. He's wor- I can see God through him. It will reveal a heart for God and a heart for people. And in that passage in Isaiah 58, verses 8 through 12, there's kind of a list of, of God's promises to them. That if, if their hearts were his, if it was more than just religious rituals, it was, if it was more than just form they're going through, this is what they're going to experience. Hope, healing, blessing, protection, a personal relationship with God where He will speak to them, deliverance from troubled times, leadership of God's Spirit, provision in tough times, the opportunity to be greatly used by God to effect a turnaround among your people. Can you imagine if we, as God's people, would give Him our hearts, And say, I'm not doing this because of form. I'm not doing this because somebody told me to. I'm doing this because I want to put you, God, as a priority in my life. For a time, for a season. This is the way I'm going to show you that I'm serious. That I love you. It can affect a turnaround among our people. Among our nation. we can be living illustrations of God's love. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 2 says, Every man's way is right in his own eyes. (laughs) Yep, I've seen that before. Everybody thinks they're right. You can't convince me otherwise, and I can't convince you otherwise, right? The second part of that verse says, But the Lord weighs the heart. God sees what no one else sees. And He's the one who's going to reward you, not others. We don't fast to have a right heart but a right heart is exposed by fasting. Every once in a while recently, one of our girls will just stop what they're doing, whether it's playing with their toys or eating from their bottles, and they just come over and they want to be picked up. They want to be held close and if I try to put him back down, oh boy, right? No, I, I want to be held. And you can feel that desire. that she just wants to be close to you. Just hold me tight. I'll get back to my bottle. I'll get back to my toys. I'll get back to life. But I just want you to know that I need you and that I love you. And I think that's what fasting is really all about. Stopping what we're doing for a moment and saying, just so you know, Lord, I need you. I love you. Fasting doesn't make us spiritual but I think there are times where it can really prepare us and allow us to focus our, on our heart's desire, God. You know, the psalmist cried out with that kind of passion in Psalm 42. As the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants after you, O Lord. I can't survive without you. You know, tonight we haven't talked about all that there is to say about fasting. But I'm praying that this gives you just a glimpse, just a taste of what God is intending for fasting to be about. And maybe fasting in this time of year is is just what you've been taught that you're supposed to do. And God is saying to you, no, really, why? Why are you doing this? And maybe, maybe God would say now is not the right time for you to fast. Why don't you just wait and let it be more about you and me than about ritual, than about form. Or maybe you've never really considered fasting as a way of of focusing on the Lord. And he would challenge you with that today. Maybe you're you're about to take the next step in your life and you want to desperately seek him. Or maybe you just need to express sorrow over your sin to the Lord. Maybe you just need that renewal, that retreat, that refreshing that comes from giving him priority. Maybe it's something you need to talk to the Lord about. But maybe today your heart isn't where it's supposed to be. It isn't where it should be. And fasting is not going to help you get right with God. You're not going to be able to say to God, God, but I fasted. That's kind of going above and beyond. Fasting will just reveal a heart that isn't his. So if that's you, would you give your heart to him? Would you say, okay, I'm done. I just need you. We'll talk about this fasting in in just a moment, in just a little while, but first, God, I need to get right with you. Let's pray. Father, we come before you in this moment, in this time, and we just want to say, God, I need you, and I love you. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us in this moment. Lord, whatever you would have, however you would speak to us, Lord, that we would listen, that we would comprehend, that we would obey. In Jesus' name. Why don't you just close your eyes for just a moment. In your time with him, ask him, Lord, am I where you want me to be? What's the condition of my heart? Because all the things that we talked about today won't do me any good without a heart that is pure and clean before you. As we prepare for Easter, as we prepare for the time of celebration, as we prepare to come before God Almighty and say, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his death. Thank you for his resurrection. Maybe what you can say tonight is, Lord, thank you for salvation. Thank you for making me right with you. If God is speaking to you about fasting in one form or another. Would you just take a moment and listen to him. sing in just a moment do you know as you sing I want you to pay attention to the words I want you to pay attention to what you're saying to God because this is our response time this is our time where we say okay God I heard from you I hear what you're saying now this This is what I want to tell you. If you want someone to pray with, I'll be here, I'll be up front. If you'd like, you can come and just pray at the altar. Not to be seen by men, but to say, God, I need you desperately.